Appreciate it. We got may not have quantity here just yet, but we certainly have quality. So appreciate all that good singing. Brethren, this is what I want to talk about tonight. You see the title already up there. And, and, and one of the reasons, I always pray about asking God to guide me because obviously, as I said before, from Genesis to Revelation, good preaching. It's all God's word. But I ask God to guide me in a particular area that we may need something right now. And, and I think this is maybe one of them because I hear this a lot lately, and you probably have too. Well, Brother Green or Brother whoever, Sister whoever, under the circumstances. Have y'all ever said that? Maybe you've, you've said it yourself. You've heard it a lot. You know, under the circumstances, and there's some validity to that. But, brethren, as Christians, that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. Not the world, but as God's people, are we under the circumstances or are we to be on top of them? I, I believe if we were able to bring Pilate back and ask him why, he turned Jesus over to the mob to be crucified, knowing full well, as he admitted and his wife admitted, that he was an innocent man. And why he threw him under the bus, so to speak, he would probably answer something like this. Well, under the circumstance, there was nothing else I could do. See, I think we say that sometimes, brothers and sisters, and too often, not always, and, and this isn't a blanket statement, of course, but there are times when people use their circumstances as a cripple's crutch to excuse or defend their conduct, you know? They'll say something like this, well, if you, if you bring something up about, you know, the way they may be living, and you just don't understand my situation, brother. You don't know how busy I am, or, or, or I had a terrible past, you know. My mama was a drug addict, my daddy was non-existent, you know. We don't even know where he was, or, you know. Or that wife of mine, or that husband of mine, or that, you know, or I, the neighborhood I was raised in, you see. And brethren, there, all those things are factors. I understand they influence you. But if you had things as rough as I do, they would tell you, you wouldn't be talking like this this evening, you see. Um, and, and so, brethren, we become victims. Now, um, you, you know sometimes we, we are victims, but you know what? Uh, my daddy taught me we didn't have to accept that title. You know that? You didn't have to accept it. And, and so we say things like this sometime, trying to convince ourselves and maybe some others that, that we're justified in doing what we do. I've had people try to justify their lifestyle by saying those things like that, you know. One guy told me, he said, I can't help it, Brother Green. He said, he said you know what, my, my grandparents were alcoholics, my parents were alcoholics, we're going to be alcoholics. You know, and, and that was just the way he looked at it. He didn't even, I said, don't you understand you can break that cycle? You can be the one that do that? Oh, no, 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 no. But brothers and sisters, uh, what we cannot do, and, and, and I'm talking from a biblical standpoint as Christians, we cannot use our circumstances as a crutch or an excuse or reason to admit defeat. Because brothers and sisters, and we're going to see this, if you want to be turning to Romans chapter 8, I think it's going to be up on the PowerPoint too. We, when, as Christians, we cannot be ultimately defeated because we have the biggest father. Amen? You ever do that when you was a kid, my daddy can whoop your daddy? Brethren, our God can whoop anybody. There ain't nobody else like him. And so we need to understand that, you see. There are many who have had successful and, 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 and victories in spite of horrible circumstances, and sometimes because of those hard circumstances. Because How many of y'all have ever been in a bad situation and you say to yourself, you're determined when I'm able, I'm not going to live this way. 
See, I've had kids, I've had young people tell me that. I know the way I'm being raised is wrong. I, in fact, I'm not really being raised, and I'm not going to do my children that way. I'm not going to do my mate that way. And they're determined that they're not going to do that because of the circumstances they had to go through. And so we need to see that, brothers and sisters, okay? So let's give a few points tonight, and the lesson will be yours. Number one, and I don't know how to put this in a short way, but as Christians, we are not to remain under the circumstances. As Christians, we are to be on top of them. We, as we're going to see, we can do that. And we can do that with God's help. Brother and I mentioned in the lesson this morning, one of our points is that independence means we're dependent upon God. And we are dependent upon God for our very breath. But what we need to also understand, as the Bible says, that God is all-sufficient. And he is our strength. And that, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And so we can be on top of the circumstances. And the key is, of course, with God's help. And he gives us that help. Look at Romans chapter 8. You knew he had to go there because of what Paul was saying. Now, he's talking to a persecuted per church. But this is what he said. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Who, who can do that, brethren? Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Nobody. That's the whole point. And he gives, he gives things they were actually going through. Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We're considered a sheep to be slaughtered. That's the circumstances they were under. Not good. I don't think anybody would agree those were good circumstances. But what's the answer? What does he say in, in verse 37? Look at this, brothers and sisters. But in all these things, all what things? All the things he's mentioning in Romans chapter 8. All the persecutions, all the, the, the perils, the being put to death with the sword. All that. In all these things we... Kind of conquer through him who loves us, right? Is that what he says? We barely eat through by him who loves us, right? Is that what it says? Tell me what it says. We, what's the word? We overwhelmingly. Brethren, <laughs> that means that like you go to fight somebody and you don't, just, you don't just knock them down, buddy. You knock them into the next county, right? We overwhelmingly conquer. Again, he gives us the key, and the only way we can, through him who loves us. What should we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Rather, the whole world can be against us. But what he's saying is God's on your side. If God's for you, if you're God's child, then, then you don't have to be <coughs> under their circumstance. You don't have to remain there, brothers and sisters, as he says here in our context, okay? Because God's our Father. God's our Lord. God's our Savior. God's our Creator. God's our everything. God's our all. And, and we remain in Him and depend on Him and are totally dependent on Him. We have a strength we'd never have any other way. So the Christian is never ultimately defeated. The devil's going to get in some low blows, brethren. The, the enemy's going to win a battle or two. We know that. We don't get through this life unscathed and without some wounds and some scars. But we win. We don't just win. We overwhelmingly conquer. And we need to understand that. We don't have to be under the circumstances. There's two ways that the Christian is to have uh, handle tough circumstances that the Bible indicates, okay? One is change them if we can, right? I mean, I mean, if you can do something about it, again, with God's help, and you can do something about that circumstances to change it, to overcome it, to make it better, to get on top of it, then do it. As humans, we have that obligation. But brothers and sisters, what about there are those circumstances that we can't change? 
that we have no power over. So what do we do then? We rise above them. That's what we need to do, okay? We rise above them. Uh, if possible, change the circumstance. If uh, not, then never give up. Never leave God. Never omit defeat, right? Um, and so uh, we've got to just rise above it. Christians are not called to merely endure their circumstances, to resign ourselves to them. We don't do that, brothers and sisters, because with God's help, we can change them and even benefit from them. And as we looked at Romans 8, 37, be more than conquerors in the situation. But brethren, let's understand this, okay? There's certain things in my lesson I like to put a little asterisk beside because I want to emphasize this. This is important. Listen to this, okay? I wrote this. Yeah. I know y'all about to hear and say, he wrote that? That's why I gave you a heads up. Oftentimes, the circumstances change only after we have been changed by the circumstance. Right? God uses them, brethren. We may have a weakness in our life. We may have an area we need to grow in. And, and, and what does it? Not sitting on a beach eating Twinkies and drinking Diet Coke. Uh, what changes us? You see, God, sometimes, brothers and sisters, the circumstances change only after we have been changed by the circumstances. And we'll say, God, take this problem away from me, and we'll pray to God and ask him to change this and, change, and do this and that and the other. And a lot of times, he's using that same thing you're praying for him to take away to make you into a better person, a better Christian. And, and so uh, the circumstances may, will change only after we have been changed by the circumstances. So we change them the best we can with God's help. And then, of course, there are those that we can't change, brothers and sisters. There's some things in this world we just have no control over, you know? And, and so what do we do? We rise above them. We get on top of the circumstances, so to speak. I heard a, a, a little story one time, obviously this is a story, about these two frogs, and they were hopping around in the dairy barn, and, and, and they both hopped, and, and they fell into a churn, a milk churn. Y'all know what that is? Okay, some of y'all would know being of my generation. And it had milk in it, a fresh pelt bit of milk from the farmer's milking where they had intended to make milk out of it and churn it up, you know. And so the one frog, who was very pessimistic, said, we can't do anything. This is too thin to stay on. We can't float. We're gonna, all we can do is just give up and drown and and that's all. We'll never get out of here. The walls are too steep. We can't jump out. You can't jump on. It's not solid enough to jump. He made all the excuses in the world and said, just as well died, and he just sunk to the bottom and drowned. The next morning, the farmer comes out to get his churn, and he looks in there, and there's one frog, and that frog had said during the night, I'm just going to keep on pedaling, buddy. I'm going to pedal with all my might. Whatever I do, I'm going to keep on pedaling, and with my feet, and the next morning when the farmer comes out, he finds a frog sitting on a pail of butter. So some of y'all get that. Some of y'all, bless your heart, don't even know what. You ever do this? Churn, butter, churn. Churn, butter, churn. Y'all never, no, you did. Okay, bless your heart. Y'all haven't lived. But anyway, uh, and so that's the way. It's your viewpoint. And we're going to look at that in just a minute, brothers and sisters. You see, God doesn't always change the circumstances but he uses it to change us and to prepare us for bigger works or greater things or to, or to help us be better. You know, y'all ever pray that God, do you ever pray and ask God for something and, and, and ask, and, and you know, you really want to make a change in your life and you want to do better and you want to grow in Christ and you ask God to help you do that and you notice hard times come. 
I'm telling y'all the truth, brethren. This is no joke now. I, I used to pray for patience. I, I would pray fervently for God to give me patience. And every time I prayed that, Kathy got pregnant. Every time. I had a young'un. Boy, if young'uns won't teach you patience. So I thought, we got three. I, I'll have a dozen before I'm done praying. So, so you, but brethren, God does that. He doesn't change the circumstances oftentimes until he uses the church circumstance to change us. Poor old Paul, serving God the way he did and was still given a thorn in the flesh because he was going to have pride get in his way and pride goes before destruction. Even though there are some circumstances, beloved, we cannot change as human beings. With God's help, we can rise above them and use them to propel us to victory instead of defeat. I want to say again, if you study the Bible and you understand God's word, the Christian is never entirely defeated. Even the Bible in the book of Revelation talks about those who were martyred and put to death and many tortured beforehand for the cause of Christ, that they are conquerors now. You're never defeated in Christ. Let me tell you what a great philosopher said that some of you all would know when I give you his name, this is what he said one time. I cannot control the wind, but I can adjust my sails so that the wind will push me towards my destination. You know who said that? The late, great Jimmy Dean. Did I ever eat his sausages or listen to Big John? Um, brethren, isn't that true? He said, talking about the wind being the circumstance, I got some things I can't change. But I can judge myself, you know. We need to do that, brethren. I, as Christians, we, we need to be the last ones in the world to allow ourselves to be victims. All right, number two, the way we view our circumstances determine how we handle it. Our viewpoint makes all the difference in the world. The Bible says that. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so, and so beloved, it's the way we look at them. Some people view their circumstances in a very negative way. And, and they just, you know, just blame everything and everyone. And, you know, the way we view them is going to determine how well we handle them. Realize that, that they are for a purpose. Beloved God, you know, Romans 8.28, we know that, that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and cause it according to his purpose. That's all things, okay? Now, look at Philippians 2.13. I'm sorry, gentlemen in the booth. I've I, I jumped ahead on you, and that was my fault. But look at Philippians 2.13. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He's working in your life, brethren, in the good circumstances and the bad, during the good times, during the horrible times, during, during the times when uh, you're, you're in the peaceful valley and the times you're... <clears throat> you're absolutely in a crisis. As Romans 8, 28 said, he, he's going to work it all out. He's going to work through every circumstance in our life, brethren, and he's going to work it out for our good. James 1, 2 through 4, we re look at this uh, recently, but it bears repeating in this lesson. James says to uh, his uh, audience, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You see, but how many of us are lacking in nothing at this point in our life? <laughs> Not me. You can ask my wife. she got a list. Uh, 
No, no, we, we all need to improve. What does it? Going through those hard circumstances sometimes, you see? And so then we need to do that, all right? And, and Philippians 1, verse 12. Now, Paul is in prison. He's writing to the, he's, he's in a Philippian prison. He's writing from a jail, a horrible situation. <coughs> Scholars say that this was probably his last letter that he's going to be having his head cut off shortly after finishing this letter. And, and, and he's in a horrible situation, and so he's singing gloom, despair, and agony of me, right? He's talking about his prison experience, brethren, and he says, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. He goes on to explain how he was chained to the Praetorian guards and how he was able to convert many high-ranking officials in the Roman hierarchy. Why? Because he was thrown into prison. Isn't that amazing? You know, brethren, we need to understand that, okay? Uh, the difficulties of life are intended to make us better, not bitter. But you know, I know y'all know, I do, we all know people that have done both. We know people who go through some really, really terrible times and they come out better. Then we know people that go through similar situations and they come out exceedingly bitter. What makes the difference? Your viewpoint. The way you look at it. Winston Churchill said one time during World War II, it is only when the dark comes down that the stars shine. Adversity and hard times force us to toughen up, brethren, to put things in their proper perspective, to get our priorities right, to understand what's truly important and what is not. Helen Keller, you all uh, have studied her, I'm sure, Blind and deaf, and you've studied her story or seen it on TV or whatever. Someone asked her, a reporter asked her one time about her situation and how people pitied her and asked her if she felt sorry for herself and kind of along that lines. And she answered, so much has been given to me. I have no time to ponder over that which has been denied. That's insightful, brethren. That is. I think we sing a song sort of like that. Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. You see, what does Paul say in Philippians 4, 11 through 13 about our circumstances, brothers and sisters? He's talking about how when he first was in prison that not many brethren came to his aid, but then they, they said later on how grateful he was for that, but he, he explains, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. I know how to get along with humble means, and I know how to live in prosperity. Brethren, some people can't do that. We see all the time people come into a whole lot of money and they can't handle it. He says, in any and every circumstance, whatever it is, whatever that circumstance is, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. And then it's at this point that he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So, brethren, the circumstances, we, 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 we change the ones we can with God's help, of course. We allow God to use them to change us, and then those that we are, are unable to change, 
or that God chooses not to take away for whatever reason, then we rise above them, okay? And so that's what we need to do, brothers and sisters. There's two options when we're under trial, whatever the bad circumstance may be, okay? One, you can give up, right? You can just resign yourself to it, admit defeat, become bitter, okay? Or secondly, we can do what I believe the Bible tells us to do as God's people, and that is rise to the occasion, meet the challenge, and, and allow it to make you better, and then overcome it or rise above it, one or the other, and we can do both or either with God's help. Now, as we close tonight, and, and, and um, we're coming down to an end, the, the, I got th- two, um, two th- examples, okay, both of them in the letter of J. And we could add to this, of course, because there's so many examples in the Bible. In fact, you can read just one right after another in Hebrews chapter 11, great men and women of faith that overcome horrible situations in order to serve God and endure them situations. No, first one, though, is Joseph. And y'all know about that. Because y'all know about the life of Joseph. You know, his daddy's favorite boy, that wasn't a good thing, but he was betrayed and rejected by his own brothers. Uh, at one point, we're going to kill him, and one of the older ones stopped him from doing that and sold him into Egyptian slavery instead. Most scholars say he was probably about 17 years of age when he was sold, when he was sold into slavery. He was taken to a foreign country, an, uh, not a, a God-worshipping country, the one true God. They worship idols. Incidentally, brother, the Egyptians worshiped cats. That was one of the idols they, they worshiped. I know some people today that worship cats. I'm just saying. Okay? And if I may digress just a minute, when y'all take your little poodles and paint them up pink and paint their toenails, they, they, they just something bad about it. Okay, that's the preacher's humble opinion. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. <clears throat> Joseph, brethren, ended up in an un- ungodly country, an idolatrous country. Um, he remained true to God, and God raises him up. He becomes overseer of Potiphar's household, which is a high-ranking officer of Pharaoh. And you all know the rest of the story. Joseph's a good-looking young man. The Bible itself says so. Potiphar's gone a lot, being a politician and a diplomat and so he's got a wife at home and joseph is waiting on her hand and foot and so she gets to where she likes him a whole lot i'm gonna be careful here but y'all know how that works out and joseph actually just tore herself away and ran from her one day and as the saying goes hell hath no fury like a woman scorned and she was scorned and so she falsely accused him of some things and he ends up in jail, and that was God's doing, because in that day, just the accusation that a slave did that got your head cut off. So, he, so God intervened, and he's in jail, and he, and he serves the Lord in the prison, and <clears throat> he takes care of people in prison and becomes a servant. And then y'all know the rest of the story, brothers and sisters. He was a slave without rights, far from anyone who knew him, in a prison, a foreign jail. He was innocent of the crime that he was charged with, and, and so the best thing he could have done under the circumstances would just have given in to Potiphar's wife, and they could have had a little fling, and nobody else would have known about it, right? And he could have said, you know what? I, under the circumstances, I mean, I had no rights, and I'm a slave, and I'm this and I'm that, and you know the situation, that's the best I could do. He could have done that, brethren, and many people would. But Joseph rose above the circumstances, and he remained true to God. And that's what we got to do. And then y'all know the rest of the story, right? Because God 
rose him up, raised him up above his circumstances, and he made Joseph the most powerful ruler in Egypt next only to Pharaoh himself and brought his brothers and father and family into Egypt so that they could survive the famine, and that was the beginning of the nation of Israel who Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, was going to go to. The second J, and y'all probably had him, is Job. Y'all know Job's story. In a single day, brethren, you talk about various trials. His camels were stolen, and there, as the Bible says, attending servants were killed. His herds of oxen were stolen, and his attending servants was killed. Well, this would be like somebody coming in, taking your house, your car, your bank account, anything of value you had at all, anything that you used to make a living with. His 7,000 sheep and their shepherds were killed by a thunderstorm. That's a mean storm. His 10 children were killed by a cyclone. And Job was smitten later with the most painful diseases of that time, maybe of all time. His wife was a great comfort when she said, curse God and die. Brethren, I don't get on her bad because she suffered the loss of all ten of her children in one day. He had three friends that came to, quote, analyze the problem and set him straight and do nothing but accuse him and say, Joseph, or I'm sorry, Job, you are a sinner, you are unrighteous, and you have brought this upon yourself and you need to repent. And the whole time Job maintained his righteousness and instead of sympathy from his friends, he got nothing but a stinging rebuke. But like Joseph, Job also remained true to God, and God blessed him, the Bible says, twofold in chapter 42, verse 10. He doubled everything that he had taken away or allowed to be taken away. And then the Bible says God blessed uh, Job with many years, and he lived to be 140. I healed a lens in her 90s. I don't know if she'll make it to 140 or any of us in this room. Beloved, there are going to be times in our life, there are going to be circumstances when we can't do a thing about something. We understand that. Other than rely on God and rise above those circumstances. But let's do that. Because you know what? We'll become more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. Let's remember that and understand that. Okay? Both these men that we talked about, Job and Joseph, they had one common thread, and that was perseverance. They absolutely refused to quit. They absolutely refused to give up on their God. Didn't matter what the circumstances were, they were going to keep God in the forefront of their lives. Brethren, we're all going to come, if we haven't already, face-to-face with hard circumstances of life. Most of you in here at any age have already done that. You've had to make some tough choices. Well, should we give in to self-pity or overcome the circumstances? See, that's our choices, really. Should we let go of all we have learned and achieved through tough times or make uh, move on to even further progress and further growth? Will you resign yourself to the circumstance or view it as an opportunity for growth and progress beloved if you're not in christ you need to understand christ is he is no security against storm that's a false doctrine it's a false doctrine it's unbiblical 
Even Jesus said in his life, you'll have tribulation. And these people that teach his prosperity theology that if you come to Jesus, all your troubles are over in this world, that's not true, brethren, and we shouldn't sugarcoat it, and we shouldn't tell that lie. It's the best life to live and the only way to get to heaven. But you're going to have trouble in this life, as, as Paul has already mentioned several times in his situation. He's no security against the storm, but he's the perfect security in the storms of life. So who's in your boat with you? You have Christ in your boat. As you go through this life, are you under the circumstances or are you climbing on top of it? Let's do the latter. That's what God would have us to do. We do offer an invitation now for any who may need to respond to the Lord's calling.